Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel in chapter number 15. The book of 2 Samuel and chapter number 15. We are continuing on the downhill slide now of the life and ministry of David and exploring the life of David and the things that have gone on in his life. And as we study the book of 2 Samuel specifically, we can see that this is a book of consequences. And that some of the consequences are very obvious. Then there's some consequences like we're going to see today that are not obvious. Just to remind us that every action, whether it's good or bad, has consequences. Some of them will be easy to trace later on in life. That you can look because of this, this is what happened. But there's going to be some consequences that you never even knew was an, uh, a response, a reaction from something you did. Now there's good things. Sometimes you'll lead someone to the Lord. And you may never see that person again. But later on God worked on them. They got saved and they become a soul winner. And you never knew it. Those are good consequences. But sometimes we don't see that direct action. But there's sometimes because of our sin. Because we mistreat someone. Because we say something wrong. Because uh, one day we're having a bad day. And we don't see the actions and the response that occurs from that directly, but later on, it will come out. And again, we may not see those connections till the other side of glory. Tonight is going to be one of those consequences. Remember, as we're speaking about consequences, we understand it started with David's sin with Bathsheba. One night in sin led to a slew of consequences, which led to a fourfold judgment that we see the death of the child with Bathsheba, the death of Amnon. It's led to Absalom's rebellion, and it's also going to lead to something we're going to study tonight. And so if you don't mind, look with me in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 15. And we're going to start off with one verse and then go to a different passage after we pray. But notice with me in 2 Samuel chapter 15, and notice with me starting at verse number 12. 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12, the Bible says this, And Absalom sent for Ahipophel the Gileonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark the name of Ahipophel, Ahipophel in 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12? Notice the name Ahipophel, and then notice as it describes him, David's counselor. And tonight we're going to study the man, Ahipophel, and notice what he was. He was David's counselor. Ahipophel, David's counselor. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you tonight, I need you. I need you in a special way. I need your strength. I need your mercy. I need your ability because I have none of myself tonight. I ask that tonight you guide, you direct. 
it's been wonderful to see victories the last several days and to see how you've been working on folks' life. But Lord, I don't want to drop the ball here. I don't want it to be me and let me mess things up. So the best I know how, I surrender myself once again. Ask that you fill me with your spirit, that you could lift me up, that you could help me, that you would order my words in such a way that we could understand what's going on and that many people could be helped because of the principle that we'll see tonight. I need you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now remember as we're studying the portion of history called Absalom's Rebellion, that in David's darkest time, there's going to be many characters, many biblical historical figures who are going to pop up in David's life. And it's during the hardest times that people will reveal their true nature. When you are going through your hardest times, you'll find out who your friends are and you'll find out who your friends were not. You could find who decides to take the time to kick you while you're down and others who reach down to help you out. And sometimes you don't know who those people are until you get to those hard times. And we've already seen many people who have had their character exposed, some for good and some for bad. But now we come to one of the most important shadowy figures found in David's life. One of the most important background workers. One of the most important people who has influenced David so many ways. We come to the man named Ahipothel. Ahipothel. And the first thing I'd like to do is introduce to Ahipothel and show you that Ahipothel was David's trusted counselor. That Ahipothel was David's trusted counselor. Again, in verse number 12, that is pretty self-explanatory, that Ahipothel, David's counselor. Everyone needs a counselor. The Bible clearly states that there is safety in a multitude of counselors. Everyone needs some counselors who are going to tell them the truth. Everyone needs some counselors who are going to be honest with them and work with them and tell them what they need. Everyone needs some uh, counselors who have some wisdom, who understand the Bible, who will direct us to the right path. And Ahipothel, for many years, was David's counselor. In fact, go with me to our main text in the book of 2 Samuel chapter number 16. 2 Samuel chapter 16, and notice with me the very last verse of chapter 16, verse number 23, and we'll see a little bit more of the character of Ahipothel's counsel. That for many years... Ahipothel was David's wise counselor. So much so that many people believe that there were two psalms that were written because of Ahipothel, Psalm 41 and Psalm 55. Again, can you imagine being such an influence on David that two psalms were written about you because of your counsel and what you did for David and to David? This is a man who really helped David. This was a man who was right beside him. Ahipothel had started following David when David was on the run from Saul. He was uh, close. He wasn't a warrior like David's mighty men, 
But he was someone who was counseling David during those times. It was Ahithophel who gave David counsel during his early time of his reign. And get, helped give him wisdom when he was seeking for the Lord. When he had a big decision to make. He went to Ahithophel and bounced things off of. Ahithophel was so important. Notice how important in verse number 23. Uh, 2 Samuel 16 verse 23. And the counsel of Ahithophel which he counseled in those days were as if, if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. This is some powerful language here. It says that when Ahithophel speaks, both David and then later on Absalom, both of them regarded Ahithophel's uh, counsel as if they had got it from God themselves. This is a man who was known for his wisdom, known for having counsel to help, knowing for these things. So when David would talk to Ahithophel, it was just as if he had read it from the pages of Scripture. That's how much he valued the counsel of Ahithophel. This is someone who had lots of counsel, lots of wisdom behind it, lots of foresight, a lot of discernment, a lot of things. So David leaned heavily upon Ahithophel and his counsel. That it was just as if when he required of Ahithophel. Ahithophel, I've got this problem. I'm the king. i got to deal with this. What do you think? Ahithophel would give his counsel and David said, oh, that's exactly it. That, that's what I need to do. Thank you so much. And he would just take it as truth. And he would apply it. And it would work. And over and over, Ahithophel's counsel was sound. But then all of a sudden, we see that not only was he David's uh, counselor. But he turned. And when David's fleeing, we find the curtain revealed back and Ahithophel was helping Absalom, which brings us to the second thing here. That not only was Ahithophel David's trusted counselor, but we see a second thing here. Ahithophel wanted to embarrass and ruin David's name. Ahithophel wanted to embarrass and ruin David's name. Now that's almost like a complete flip-flop. One day he's David's trusted counselor. And the next day, out of the blue seemingly, he's trying to ruin David. He's trying to embarrass David. He's trying to make a fool out of David. What we find is that Ahithophel was one of the conspirators with Absalom, you see that in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 31. Uh, all it says there is that Ahithophel was one of the conspirators. What that means is that while David was on the throne, where did Absalom get this wisdom? Ahithophel was helping him out. You know, there's something about like. There's a thing in science called like attracts like. And for people who are bitter and angry, they could find each other. There's just something about it. You give them time in a crowd, bitter people will find other, other bitter people. Happy people will find other happy people. It just the idea, like attracts like. And Ahithophel got with Absalom. And I don't know how the conversation went. Maybe Absalom uh, looked at Ahithophel because Ahithophel had been with David longer than Absalom's been alive. And maybe one day Ahithophel said something on the sly and Absalom picked up on it. And maybe they said, what if? Hmm, what if you were king? You know, that's a pretty good dream, Ahithophel. But you know, David's the king. I, I don't see how I could take over. Well, what if 
And next thing you know, their what if started to come into a plan. And it was Ahithophel working in the background, working on Absalom, giving him counsel, preparing him, telling him what to do. And Absalom took all of Ahithophel's counsel. And next thing you know, there's a full-blown rebellion and a conspiracy. And that conspiracy didn't necessarily come from Absalom's brain. It came from Ahithophel's. What we're seeing here is that Absalom's the front man. He's the face of the rebellion. But the person pulling the strings, the one pulling things in place, the true leader of this rebellion is Ahithophel. What happened? What changed? What went on? Notice you can see how Ahithophel wants to ruin David. In chapter 16, in verse number 15, notice this. And Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem and Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, was come to Absalom. Hushai came unto Absalom and said, God save the king. God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest not thy with thy friend? So Hushai, remember we had mentioned him earlier. He was David's friend. Uh, David had sent Hushai back. And so now Hushai shows up to Absalom and says, God save the king. God save the king. Absalom rightfully said, wait a second. You're one of my dad's trusted friends. Why are you here? And he says, well, you're the king. I'm here to serve the king. And that's satisfied. And so Hushai is put into place. He'll be important later on. And verse number 20, and David said, or and Absalom said to Hippothel, give counsel among what, uh, among you what we shall do. And what Ahithophel comes up with is one of the most vilest, wicked things that are ever mentioned inside of Scripture. So much so that the book of 1 Corinthians says the sin that Ahithophel uh, tells Absalom to do is something that even the heathen would be ashamed of. That what uh, <laughs> Ahithophel counsels um, Absalom to do is to take all of David's concubines, go in front of everyone on top of a platform and defile them. I'll just leave it there. But it is not a good thing. And it was a public humiliation, a public thing in front of everyone. Uh, Absalom wouldn't have thought of this, but Ahithophel is doing it. He has a plan. Something that's against scripture. You know that Ahithophel is doing on purpose. This is something that is against scripture. This is not wise counsel. This is something with intention. What is the intention? Well, first of all, <laughs> this intention here, it had a purpose. It was to announce to all of Israel that Absalom claimed everything that his father owned. So since those people belong to David... Absalom's now claiming them as himself and say, these, these are mine. Everything that David would have, I would have. He's making a claim publicly that he's in charge. Second of all, this council was to make sure there could be no reconciliation between Absalom and David. The sin was so horrid and so public. That's why it was public. That's it was to make sure that there could be no restitution, no reconciliation. This was something that was a permanent tear. Something that could not 
that would be very hard to forgive and to forget. It was so public, so nasty, so horrid. And Ahithophel counseled it on purpose. That way they can never, this rebellion was going to go on. It was going to be resolved one way or another with one of them dead, either David or Absalom. That was Ahithophel's doing, making it so there was no restitution. But on the other side of it, what Ahithophel's master plan was, was he wanted to embarrass David. He wanted to be a public scandal. He wanted so everyone was talking about this horrible thing because people talk about gossip. You let a big scandal go on, everyone's talking about it. And it's such a horrible thing. Bad news uh, travels faster than anything else. You go ahead and let a scandal go on or a semi-scandal and it goes on Facebook and they say, you know, everyone's protesting, everyone's upset, everyone's whatever else, even if they don't know the facts. But here, Ahithophel, this is his tool to embarrass and ruin David's name. Now, this isn't just a simple plan to overthrow the king. This has some vendetta behind it. This has some venom behind it. Some bitterness, some poison, some hatred behind it. That Ahithophel is making these plans, not just to put Absalom on the throne because he thinks he's a better ruler, because he thinks David's feeble, because he thinks David's weak, because of something. There's something else entirely going on behind the scenes. And Ahithophel wants to embarrass and ruin David's name. Which now brings us to another thing. That not only did Ahithophel want to embarrass and ruin David's name, but Ahithophel wanted to destroy David while he was weak. Ahithophel wanted to destroy David while he was weak. Notice with me in chapter 17 in verse 1. Chapter 17 in verse 1. However, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Let me now choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handled, and, I, and will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee. And I will smite the king only, and I will bring back the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all return, so all the people shall be in peace. So Ahithophel says, all right, Absalom, now that this wicked thing is done, give me 12,000 men. I'll lead the troops. Now Ahithophel is not a general, he's a counselor. But he says, I want to go after David. I want to go after him while he's on the run. I want to go after why he's weak. And I want to gather him. And let me tell you, Absalom, I'm just going to kill David. I won't kill anyone else. I'm going to go straight up to David. I'll kill him. When we come with our force of 12,000, all the people will leave him. David will be by himself. I'll kill David and all the kingdom will be restored to you. You see, Ahithophel is at the place where he hates David so much. He wants to do the killing blow. He wants to go after David. He wants to scare David. He wants to get to the place where David looks up and he knows who did it. He wants David to look in his eyes and with his last breath to realize Ahithophel was the one who set all this up. You can almost see that master bad guy behind the mastermind with this evil plan that he's orchestrated. Absalom's just a pawn. Absalom's just a tool. It's a hippothel that's pulling everything. 
And with David's last breath, he could, he's been dreaming of this. This idea, David scared and whimpering, begging for his life. Ahipothel comes and says, it's me. I did this all and killed David. Again, what we're talking about is not just a simple replacing a king. It's not something that's just, well, I think someone else would be better for the job. There's something else behind it. There's some venom behind it. He wants to kill David. It's not just get rid of David. He wants to embarrass him. He wants to ruin him. He wants to kill him. He wants David to beg. He wants David to see with his eyeballs that it was him that did it. Which brings us to another thing here. And this is amazing. <laughs> that Ahipothel would rather die than see David live. Ahipothel would rather die than see David live. Now enters in David's friend by the name of Hushai. And remember Hushai's job, because he's David's friend, is to remind everyone who David is. And so notice, Absalom says, hey, Epithel, that sounds great. Man, that's a good plan. But, you know, before we send you out, we got Hushai over here. Hushai, what do you say about this? Notice with me in verse number 5, chapter 17, verse 5. Then, then said Absalom, call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahipothel hath spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said to Absalom, The counsel that Ahipothel hath given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds, as a bear robbed of his whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold, now he is hid in some pit or some other place. And it will come to pass, when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever heareth it will say, There is a slaughter among the people that followeth Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. And all of Israel know that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him be valiant men. And so this is what uh, Hushai says. He says, no, that's a horrible plan. He says, let me tell you something about David. David is the guy who killed Goliath. If David stood before Goliath. Do you think he's going to cower before some other men? You think that he's hiding in some city, dressed up as a pauper and say, please don't kill me. Let me tell you, if you send a force of only 12,000 men, you're going to corner David and his mighty men and they're not going to flee. This is a mighty army. And they're going to kill those 12,000 men. That's not enough. I mean, you don't send that few forces against David. That's not going to happen. David's going to fight like a bear whose cubs are taken away. And that mama bear is going to tear everything up. And then, Absalom, you want to know what's going to happen? As soon as everyone hears that you lost your first battle against David, even the most valiant of your supporters is going to melt away and they're going to join David. And this rebellion is going to be over quicker than you started it. And Absalom went, hmm, you're right. My dad is, is someone who could beat everyone up. Yes, <laughs> my dad is the mighty David. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me of it. And Ahipothel hears this counsel and sees it and goes, uh-oh, this isn't good. 
So what Hushai says is, what you need to do, instead of seeing a small force, you need to gather all of Israel to yourself. And instead of a Hippothel leading, you lead the forces. You're the new king. You lead the forces. And you gather this mighty army together. And then you sweep the whole um, countryside. And you'll find David. And David can't fight against everyone. You send a, send a small force, they'll wipe them out no problem. You send everybody. Now again, Hushai knows what he's talking about. He's got a plan. But Absalom liked the sound of that. Yeah, I should lead the army. Yeah, I should lead this. You know what? That's a good idea. Yeah, we don't need to send a small force. We need to send everyone. And so that's what they did. And so as everyone is gathering up, it takes a while to gather everybody up from the different cities. And while that happens, Hushai goes out to the sons of the priests, Zadok and Abathar goes to their sons and says, tell David everyone's coming for him. And then he needs to hide and tells them what's going to happen. And so what happens, the, the Bible records, we're not going to spend a lot of time, but you could read it for yourself, how these two young men risk their lives and sneak out of the city. And they start to go to David. Someone spies them and says, hey, look, they're going to go tell. And next thing you know, people are starting to look for them. Some lady hears about it and she hides them in a pit, puts a rug over it in the secret door. They come in and say, have you seen the two young men? Yeah, they went that away. As soon as everyone lift, uh, left, she lifts up the rug and all right, go. They go tell David. David lies and waits. And all of this is going to be for naught. So what happens to Absalom or Ahipothel during this time? So notice if you don't mind what occurs. Verse number 23. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 17 verse 23. And when Ahipothel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house and to his city and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher. Could you imagine someone so bitter and so hated? He hated David. That he said, I want to ruin David's name. I want to smear it. I want to make it so no one will look at David the same. Then when David's weak, I want to be the one to kill him. I want him to look at me in his eyeballs. I hate David that much. And when he found out that his counsel wasn't received, he realized that the, the whole rebellion wasn't going to work after that. And that his plans weren't to come. You know what he resorted to? Suicide. If David lives, I don't want to live in a world where David's in it. I don't want to be. This planet is not big enough for the two of us. He said, if David lives, I don't want to be here anymore. Could you imagine someone who hated another being that much that he said, I'd rather die than see that person live? Now, hopefully at this time, you're thinking in your mind, what in the world happened? At one time, Ahipothel was David's most trusted counselor. That it was one time, anything that David asked Ahipothel, David said, that's it, I'll do that, I'll do that. At one time, Ahipothel was the one who directed David's path, who helped him and guarded him and, and, and gave him wise counsel. Then all of a sudden, you could see that he's turned into a mastermind. 
And then he's orchestrating this rebellion and pulling strings. And he wants to ruin David. He wants to kill David. He wants to see David beg. And when David was going to live, he'd rather die. What happened? I mean, this just didn't happen one night where Ahithophel woke up one morning and said, you know what, I think I'm going to hate David today. What happened that would cause such a thing? The one last thing I want to show you is Ahithophel's reason for his bitterness. Ahithophel's reason for his bitterness. Why in the world would Ahithophel hate David so much? Why is it? What caused it that Ahithophel would mastermind this shadow thing and orchestrate this rebellion and come up with this master plan to ruin David and to kill David? Why? What caused him to hate David that much that he'd rather die than see David live? What could cause that type of bitterness? Well, this is where you start placing scripture together. And as you read scripture, you find something very interesting. That Ahithophel has a famous granddaughter. And his granddaughter's name was Bathsheba. That Ahithophel had his precious Bathsheba who was violated. Her husband was killed. And he watched in silence as David took Bathsheba after this public scandal, after he violated her, after he had the rumors going around all of the, the palace and all of things. Everyone knew what happened. David didn't hide that sin. And once he got right, it became more public. And he watched from his perspective, as it seemed like everything was going all right with David. And in his heart, every day he would see Bathsheba with David and he killed him more. Every day he would look at David and that heart got darker and darker. That bitterness turned to wrath. That wrath turned to anger. That anger turned to evil speaking. That evil speaking turned to clamor. And then it turned to malice, the idea to do bodily harm. He came up with this plan as revenge for everything that David did to his precious granddaughter. He wanted David publicly smeared and humiliated because his family was smeared and humiliated. He wanted David to suffer because he suffered. And that bitterness destroyed Ahithophel's heart. All because of one night in sin. This was a consequence that was not direct consequence that he could trace down. But it was a consequence of David's actions. That without this, Ahithophel would not have been bitter. He wouldn't have turned against David. He would have been still David's wise counselor. Everything would have turned different. It wasn't for that one night in sin. That one night ruined Ahithophel's life. But that brings us to a principle here. You understand there's going to be hurts in life. And there are going to be people that hurt you. 
But just because they hurt you doesn't mean that you have to go hurt back. When people hurt you, how you respond is going to affect so much. Now we know that David was wrong, but Ahithophel didn't have to be wrong as well. You know there are so many people in church who are not in church today because somebody in church failed, whether it was a pastor or another church person. And they'll tell you, I won't go to church. Why not? Because so-and-so did something to me. Because so-and-so did something to me. You understand that first of all, they have their eyes on the wrong spot. Man may fail you, but God will never fail you. Never fail you. That's why I ask people not to put me on a pedestal. Because I don't want God to knock me off a pedestal to teach you a lesson. (laughs) But other people can hurt you. Doesn't mean that you have to get bitter back. You could deal with it properly. God will never fail. Don't let others who fail ruin the faith you have in the Lord. Don't let others that fail rob you of victories that you can have in your life. You can forgive them. And again, I'm not downplaying. That was true hurts. Without a doubt, Ahithophel was hurt. What David did was wrong and it hurt so many people. But Ahithophel could have looked at the Lord, but instead he just looked at David and he looked at David and it ruined him. It destroyed this great man. You may have family that has hurt you and hurt you deeply. And I understand that hurt is real. But your answer is not to look at them, it's to look at God. God will never fail you. God has forgiven you of much and he can give you grace to forgive someone else. There may be someone at work that hurt you, lied against you, gossiped against you, did whatever else. And again, those are hurtful things and you don't downplay that hurt. But you got to run and put your eyes on God because otherwise it will destroy you. It will destroy you. That's the awful thing about bitterness. Bitterness destroys its own container. You know when it was all said and done, who was more harmed, David or Ahithophel? Well, David lived. He was hurt. But Ahithophel killed himself. That's pretty final. Ahithophel was destroying his own self. And he was destroying others in his wake because he wanted revenge. Again, hurts are real. How do you deal with those hurts? It's not sweep them under the rug. It's run to Jesus. It's to go to him. It's the only way for us not to get bitter. It's the only way for us not to want revenge. For our lives to be ruined. We all know people who are sitting somewhere today whose life is ruined because they're bitter at someone else. And they can't move past it. And they can't go on. And everything about their life is consumed about that one moment. And again... The hurt is real. Just recently I was dealing with a a young man who wants a complete change of lifestyle all because his father did something to him. He had a wrong response. He's not responding to things properly. Again, what happened to him was real. What happened to him was horrid. But his whole life is ruined because of that one incident. And it doesn't have to be. 
The answer is to run to Jesus. And I'm not saying it's easy. In fact, it's hard. But it'd rather be hard and get victories in your life and to have peace in your life that have all of your life ruined because of hatred and bitterness. People who once served God are no longer serving God because someone hurt them and they didn't respond properly. Teenagers or children no longer speaking to their parents because of some hurt, whether real or imagined, that they just can't let go of. So many people who are give one thing or another. The only thing that we could do is run to God. And again, we speak of these things because we know that there's hurts in our life. Nothing hurts like family. Nothing hurts like a trusted friend. In fact, if you look at those Psalms and you see about Ahipothel, you see that David is talking about, here's my trusted friend who stabbed me in the back. And that hurt. It hurts so much. People that you looked up to fall. Someone said, never meet your heroes because you'll get disappointed. People disappoint us. People discourage us. People hurt us. But God will never fail you. Amen. Keep your eyes on Him. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.